Hey, welcome to another episode of Voices in My Head with me, Amir Adhar. Thank you for tuning in. Your support means a lot. I'm going to jump in straight away to the top five things that I am doing to battle the coronavirus and to keep my immunity functioning at its peak. Now, please note that I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. These are just things that I am doing for myself and I think you are smart enough to take your own call and decide whether this is something you'd like to try out for yourself. Stay tuned right to the end for a bonus sixth tip that's really going to help you to counter what's going on in the world today. So I'm going to jump into number one and this is in no particular rank. Each is as important as the other. All coronaviruses which have caused problems to us humans are like, like SARS and MERS in the past and now COVID-19. They work by attacking and taking over the respiratory, uh, the respiratory system of the body, which means that people who are susceptible to respiratory problems like myself who's an asthmatic and older people have to be extra careful and because it attacks the respiratory system of the body it attacks the lungs naturally and our oxygen levels go down when we are um, positive of COVID or when, when we have contracted this disease and of course we know that there's nothing to panic about this 99% of the people are going to have uh, no problem whatsoever in terms of needing to be hospitalized 80% of the people are going to have mild symptoms. I am hoping like someone who takes as much care of himself like I do, if I do, if and when I do get it, I'm going to show almost no symptoms. But that that's why this is so dangerous is because majority of the people have shown very few symptoms or no symptoms and that's why they don't stay home. They carry on doing what they're doing and they give it to other people who are more susceptible to it. Like older people, their grandparents and other people in the community. So that's why the social distancing is being propagated by the government. And I think almost there's a government mandate now for you to sit at home or at least a recommendation. It's not outlawed by them yet, but I think it's a matter of time. We are, I'm recording this on 19th of March. It's around uh, 4 p.m. Hence my coffee time. I was going to give you tip number one is deep breathing. Any deep breathing exercise that you can do is going to go a long way in helping you because any deep breathing exercise is going to bring your O2 levels back, your oxygen levels back up. Uh, whether it's pranayam or it is, uh, you know, any sort of uh, uh, pranic, you know, breathing, you've got your uh, the anulom milom, deep breath in from the left nostril out through the right and then deep breath in through the right nostril, out to the left. Or you can do your Kapal Bharti. Oh God, I'm beginning to think like this is a Baba Ramdev's channel, but it is not, I assure you. If you do any sort of uh, physical activity is also very important. So let's say you do high intensity interval training. In that also you'll be breathing hard or you're doing some running within your house or you're doing skipping. These are all things that you can do you know, within your house or within your, let's say your driveway or just in the confines of your own home so that you don't really have to step outside. So I'm going to try and also share things that you can do in your own home. 
uh, just you know crank out uh, 25 push-ups or 20 push-ups, 10 push-ups, five push-ups, anything that you can do to get you breathing harder is gonna and that's gonna increase your oxygen levels. But I think the simplest is even if you're lying down and you're a reasonably lazy person like I am, uh, just do deep breathing exercises. Another one that I love and which is also um, the Navy SEALs are given credit for this one. It's called box breathing. So uh, I'll explain to you why it's called box breathing in a second, but I think it's very important and I love doing that sometimes. In fact, last night I was just feeling a little stressed out. So I started doing the box breathing before I slept and I slept really well after that. Um, so box breathing goes like breathing in five seconds, holding it in for five seconds. So three, four, five, then breathing out for five seconds, four, five, and then holding it after you've, uh, the, you've breathed out, hold it, one, two, three, four, five, and that's one box or one set of the box breathing, and you keep doing this. And obviously, I wouldn't look at this in terms of number of sets, but I'd look at it in terms of number of minutes. So. Uh, do box breathing for three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you like. And as you do it, you will start enjoying it. Your brain and body is going to get flooded with more oxygen. Your heart rate is going to go down. You're going to feel more relaxed. And definitely all these breathing exercises, they boost your immune system, they boost your immunity, and they're going to keep your lungs exercised so that if and when your lungs are attacked by any sort of virus, not just this one, they are more capable, they're strong, and they can cope with it and you know sometimes if you have kids in the house just uh, get a bunch of balloons just blow balloons or play a musical instrument if you know how to or just fool around with it it's great exercise for the lungs anything that you can do for exercising your lungs so i just want to again just quickly tell you about the the box breath is a count of fi uh, five seconds or a count of five breathe in hold in so here, here you go here's if, if you're watching this on youtube you can see my hand breathe in five seconds, holding five seconds, breathe out five seconds, and hold after you breathe out five seconds, so you've completed a box. That's why it's called a box breath. Moving on to the second thing that I recommend, sorry, I don't want to use the word recommend because you have to take your own call, is, and I keep talking about this, something as simple as cold showers. Now, what is the basis of cold charge? I haven't spoken about before this and cold charge is a subject on its own. I'm supposed to do a detailed podcast video on, uh, on cold charge. And in fact, I'm supposed to do a detailed podcast video on each of the five, um, you know, things that I'm telling you about because they are such interesting, vast, amazing subjects on their own for your health and immunity and mental health and just, just your entire well-being. So cold showers are based on something called hormesis. Hormesis is uh, something that is, you know, you're stressing the body in a controlled fashion to make it stronger. So uh, a very extreme view of this would be what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but I'm not a firm believer in that. When you expose yourself, so when you do any sort of exercise, you, you break the muscle and it the muscle becomes stronger. So that is also could be considered hormesis. Similarly, when you expose yourself to the cold or you take a cold water shower, you are putting your body under stress, but it's controlled stress. And why I call it controlled? Because you're conscious of it. You're doing it yourself. 
you have your hand on the tap you are fully aware of what's going on so that when when your body comes in contact with the cold uh, air or water mostly i mean obviously water is much more effective because you feel the body feels water the temperature much more than it feels from the air and this is scientifically you know there's enough research to prove that when your body comes in contact with the cold your your the way the blood starts circulating is impossible even if you're running a, a marathon a day so the cold water allows blood to flow really really nicely through the around 125000 kilometers of arteries 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 i don't know why i have arteries on my mind because i think there's a you know and on the on the one hand we're fighting a war so instead of arteries there's artillery in my mind but in the arteries and veins and nerves in our body are around 125000 kilometers so the way blood circulates through them properly if you take a cold shower it's very difficult to do it otherwise also your immune system starts working to fight that cold off and to make you feel better the certain hormones like dopamine uh, uh, that are released same when you're running you know when you when you think of the runners high if you're working out really hard you it, it feels good because your body starts releasing those feel good hormones so so that's why cold cold showers are are a proven therapy um if you are doing it on a daily basis you will gradually be able to increase the amount that you can spend in a shower now i mean my entire shower is cold i don't need to take a hot shower in fact i find hot showers extremely uncomfortable much more so than i find cold showers because my skin has gotten so used to the the super cold temperature of the water so you'll be able to increase the intensity of the temperature in terms of you'll be able to reduce the temperature if you can if you have a thermostat in your in your shower and you'll also be able to increase the duration of your shower so you'll be able to take your entire shower cold and there are no rules if you love your hot shower please take the hot shower do the cold water as as a set like you're doing in the gym that okay i'm going to do a 1 minute cold shower today and you can take a hot shower after that again so as long as you've done think of it as that duration of that exercise you'll still get the benefits if you if you've taken a 20 minute hot shower and 1 minute of those 20 minutes or the 21st minute is a cold shower you're still going to get the benefit so don't worry about the fact that you want to have a hot shower after the cold shower again that's totally allowed slowly you'll just be able to increase the duration and try and take it up to 5 6 minutes so as long as your typical shower lasts and you're going to feel amazing after that that is guaranteed i've been doing this for years now and every single time i finish my cold shower i feel like you know there's a surge of energy i feel like dancing it's like i i that's what i assume if i ever, if i ever did uh, mdma or in some sort of drugs it would feel like that uh, but i don't need to because the body actually has the capability of producing its own drugs you just know how to hack you just have to know how to hack that system and here's one really good hack to feel good and boost your immune system so second i was talking about this is the cold charge third again something i've been doing for a long time i was doing it for overall health rather than to you know boost my immune system and this is generally great even if you know covid or no covid it's just good for your health in fact my entire house kind of does this we do something called intermittent fasting yes and i know you've heard of this term before and every single person on the planet is suddenly talking about intermittent fasting and what i simply do is i i am in a fasted state for about 16 hours 
and the balance eight hours is my eating window so typically people say skip a meal skip breakfast or skip dinner i actually don't skip any meals i end up eating my uh, dinner i finish eating my dinner by let's say 8 pm so when i eat my breakfast it's around noon and my i eat my breakfast at noon and i'm hungry for lunch by 1:30 so i eat a lunch also so you can look at it as one large meal that i have between 12 to 2 but according in my head it's still two meals and this was the way our bodies have been designed for hundreds of thousands of years i mean our ancestors never woke up and opened the fridge and got a box of cereal out and got a got milk out and and ate that as soon as they, they didn't have access to all this they our ancestors had to wake up they had to go hungry and hunt for food and go hungry for hours and sometimes days and they were the most alert and they had to be because they had to survive they had to survive attacks from other animals and other perhaps other people uh who were trying to survive and they also had to hunt and be very quick and their mind had to be alert so this is a myth that if you don't eat breakfast you get weak uh, companies sugar companies and cereal companies have been brainwashing people for years i was forced to eat breakfast as a child i wasn't really hungry but then i got hooked on to sugar because of that because it was it was it was cereal and it was milk and it was just stuff that's honestly really bad for you and it was just sugar so i've digressed but the point is uh multiple things happen now when you do intermittent fasting there's something called autophagy autophagy is the body's own process of cleaning out old dead or sick cells and it can do that when you're in the fasted state for maybe 15 16 hours onwards it starts working the longer you fast the better and more autophagy is going to take place and in this phase is also when your uh, body is really getting a rest from digesting food so it's getting that rest to repair itself to heal itself and something called i there's so many there's a million you know videos on this there are hundreds of amazing books on this researches i'm going to try and link some relevant articles um from uh, you know medical journals etc so that uh, you know that this is this is not nonsense so what also happens along with autophagy is uh, the body starts converting from using Uh, carbohydrates or sugar as fuel to using your body's own stored fat as fuel and when that happens you can think that the that the, that's, that's the difference between using petrol or diesel and then when you switch to fat so petrol or diesel would be sugar or carbohydrates when you switch to using fat it's like rocket fuel so that's what your your brain if it's given an option between carbohydrates and fat the first thing it would go for even if it's at the same time it would go for the fats first it would use up the fat because that's its primary preferred fuel source we just don't allow our bodies to start using our body's stored fat because we keep feeding it with carbohydrates and sugar all day long and we don't take a long enough uh, fasting break which is very important of course this hugely boosts the immune system immune system becomes stronger there are uh, studies that I was reading in some videos of people I was seeing that they even recommend if you have a fever to do intermittent fasting uh, for long periods of time because it starves off the virus um uh, people who have cancer and a 
host of other diseases have also been put on uh, intermittent fasting and ketogenic diets. Uh, ketogenic is a whole other subject I'm not touching upon. I just wanted to mention it yeah, alongside uh, intermittent fasting. So number three is intermittent fasting. It's it's really good for you. Once you get used to it, it's it's a no-brainer. You do not need to eat as soon as you wake up and you definitely don't need to wake up and eat any sugar, bread, cereal, um, cookies, donuts, muffins. This is, this is all just junk. Mm, please don't eat it, especially when you wake up. Try and defer your breakfast. In the fasted, now there are a lot of questions that people ask me, what, what can and can't you eat in the fasted state? Essentially, you can't consume anything with calories in it, uh, but what you can consume is, you know, black coffee, black tea. If you, if you really want very, a very little amount of milk in that, but you're killing all the antioxidant properties, if you put milk in your coffee or tea. Of course, water, nimbu pani, you know, put lemon in water, have that. You can have apple cider vinegar, which is great for you. I wake up in the morning and have uh, one liter of water with about one to two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar in it. And that's what I have as soon as I wake up. After one hour of that, I have a black coffee. And then I, the next meal I eat is after I've done my yoga and cold showers and breathing and all that at about 11 uh, or 12 p.m. depending on when I eat dinner. And, and I don't always calculate, oh, you know, 16 hours. But my body's become so used to that, but it automatically, but kind of by the time I get hungry, it's been about 15, 16 hours, sometimes much longer. But that's not something I, I'm really monitoring, but it's just good for you. Try intermittent fasting. Number four would be nutrition. Now in terms of uh, or supplementation, um, I anyway eat healthy, but I do take a lot of supplements. In terms of supplements to boost your immune system, I think the two most important ones uh, for me are vitamin D and vitamin C. I take a weekly dose of vitamin D, which is 60,000 uh, international units. I take a weekly pill every Sunday. Uh, I take a pill of 60,000 I use. And vitamin D is uh, not being spoken about enough in any battle, forget about COVID. Anytime you're sick, anytime your your you know immunity is low, or anytime you you get any sort of infection, a lot of times these infections work by reducing your they attack the vitamin D levels in the body and they reduce the vitamin D receptors, or they 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 kind of make it difficult for the body to absorb vitamin D. So if you already have good vitamin D levels, you're going to be able to fight off anything much better. You're going to be able to fight any anything off and majority of the planet is deficient in vitamin D unless you have a, a problem of too much calcium which is very rare so only those people need to be worried, worried about uh, eating a lot of vitamin D or if you have vitamin D toxicity which is also quite rare not very few people have vitamin D toxicity so if, if you have a, a doubt about it just just get your you know executive checkup done check what, what the vitamin D levels are but I'm pretty sure that they're going to be on the lower side or you're going to be deficient. So, I mean, I take that. It's up to you if you want to do that. So vitamin D and yes, vitamin C. Now, there are some studies and experiments going on with 
patients in China who are infected being uh, given a very high doses, so mega doses of vitamin C intravenously. I was listening to, uh, and I follow this guy called this, uh, Dr. Gundry, who's this amazing guy based in the US. He's written books like The Plant Paradox and uh, The Longevity Paradox. You know, just a brilliant surgeon and a, a brilliant mind who um, is an important person to follow generally for health. So Dr. Gundry spoke about a study in, the, in China in which they're giving 24,000 milligrams of vitamin C intravenously to patients who are infected. And in some cases, it is, it's helping them. Now, I don't recommend you do this at all. What I'm doing is I have a thousand milligrams of slow release vitamin C in the morning. And now with all this fear of the coronavirus that's going around, I've upped that to 2000. So I have a thousand in the morning and I have 1000 in the evening. Why do I have the slow release one? Is because vitamin C is water soluble. If you have the normal vitamin C, it's going to be flushed out of your body in three hours. So I'm assuming if I'm having the slow release one, it's going to be there for a couple of hours longer, which is going to help. Again, vitamin C, we know, everyone knows, hugely important for your immunity. Uh, try it out next time you have a cold or you have any, any sort of issues, up your vitamin C. And I think if you're eating sufficient amount of vitamin C, a couple of thousand milligrams a day in the first place, you're anyway going to boost your immunity to a very good level. So the chances of you getting sick are less. But that's just my opinion. Even though there are studies about this, I'm going to try and find those and link them. I'm going to link those in the, in the show notes below. We spoke about deep breathing as um, the first thing that I, uh, that I do. And I kind of clubbed exercise with that, with that, but they're two separate things. So number five would be exercise, any sort of exercise that you can do in your own home. Push-ups, skips, jog on the spot. There are a million YouTube videos and free apps that you can see of what workouts you can do at home. Just go up and down the stairs 20 times. Anything that's going to be uh, getting your heart pumping and you breathing rapidly so that you are so that you are again using hormesis to make yourself stronger to make your muscles stronger to make your lungs stronger and also to make you feel good because in times like these and most people unlike me i'm used to working from home or or not working from home or just relaxing at home a lot i don't i'm not someone who gets out a lot and i guess that's quite visible uh, you can tell but uh, a lot of people are struggling with the fact that they're having to be at home just because you've been told that you have to be at home. If you were home, usually you may not have been that stressed. There is so much information floating around. Every second my WhatsApp is going off with some message of who's died, who's got the disease, what to have, what not to have. All, you know, kinds of things. So... It's very important to take care of your mental health currently and exercise will help you do that. All the five things that I've told you will actually help you improve your mental health as well. And that's 100% given. As I, so as I said earlier, these are just things that I'm doing. Please do your own homework. If you want to try any of these things out, please remember that I'm not a medical expert and you must be committed to your own health and your wellness. These are scary times. There are times that I am uh, scared for me and my loved ones, but you have to take informed decisions. 
you have to be on top of it and you have to keep yourself physically and mentally fit to be able to take the right decisions at the right time and not panic. My sixth bonus tip, and I promised you this if you stay tuned till the end, and since you stay tuned, this one is all yours. Don't watch the news. I don't watch the news. Of course, I keep myself informed. I check once in the morning and once at night before I sleep, but all day I don't touch the news. If I get any important alert or update, yes, I do see it, but I don't have notifications turned on for any news channel except for the BBC, which uh, I feel every news channel has its own tilt, but I've just been following BBC for years and I find it comforting in the news sometimes that they, they provide. We've also got some great news right now. Uh, a few hours ago, I saw that there are no new cases in China. That's huge. Now, of course, uh, if you, uh, from a pessimist point of view, that doesn't mean anything in terms of, so what if there are no new cases? People are, so many people have still died and so many people have still got it. Hundreds of thousands of people have got it. But this is where this originated and there are no new cases. So if China can do it, eventually the rest of the world can. I'm not saying that this was easy for them to do and they had to suffer to get to this stage, but they did get to it. If they can get to it, so will we. We will get to it, I strongly believe. Don't watch the news. Don't blindly believe every WhatsApp that you get. If you really are interested in this and you want to research and you want to go in depth, go to the World Health Organization's website, go to the, your local government's uh, approved website, Ministry of Health, wherever you're checking. Don't go by what you're getting on WhatsApp. You don't know how credible it is. So that's my sixth bonus tip. Part of the bonus tip, once you stop watching the news, there couldn't be a better time in your life to quit smoking and drinking. Smoking, you know what it's doing to your lungs and your respiratory system. This is a respiratory illness. If you are a smoker and you get this, you are heading for trouble and you can, you can run into deep, deep, deep trouble. And I would not want that for any of you. Drinking also, it's not highlighted enough. But alcohol also puts pressure on your respiratory system because your blood pressure goes up, it makes your heart pump faster. There is pressure on the lungs when you drink alcohol. Please stop drinking, at least for now. I know a lot of you are saying, I know a lot of you must be thinking that now I'm sitting at home uh, doing nothing. Hey, let's just have a beer, let's have a wine, let's relax, let's try and just let's try and just relax and have a good time now that we're stuck at home. If you really need to drink alcohol, stick to maybe a glass of wine or maybe one beer. Ideally, don't even have that because anything that you can do right now to protect yourself would go a long way if and when you do contract a disease like COVID-19. Just before we end, I want to mention that the world has never seen this kind of a coronavirus before. They're learning new things every day. The fact that we don't know anything about it is what's actually causing all the trouble. But having said that, they also know enough about it for them to have started working on a vaccine, for them to have started experimenting, for them to have started doing a lot of making, taking a lot of steps in the right direction, which are going to be beneficial to us. What I, what we know, so the last thing I checked, what I got last night, which I think was very useful, was uh, if you currently, whether you have COVID or not, 
and whether you've tested for it or not. If you are running a fever in, in this scenario in which we know that fever is immediately everyone who has fever right now thinks that I've got the coronavirus. Try and bring it down with paracetamol, right? So I have Calpol or, you know, the just try and use paracetamol as your primary defense mechanism to bring down the fever. Of course, if you have very, very high fever or anything like that, consult your doctor, do what you usually do. Paracetamol um, is being preferred over ibuprofen or neurofin. So neurofin is the, the, the one they use in Europe. It's it, the base is ibuprofen. Don't use ibuprofen to bring down the fever unless your doctor is recommending it because a report that I read on BBC last night and I shared it on my Instagram as well was that uh, ibuprofen if you have COVID is somehow suppressing the immune system further and putting pressure on the lungs even more which I think ibuprofen generally does. So, because this is a respiratory illness, you don't want to put more pressure on your respiratory system. So, use paracetamol or use other drugs to bring down your fever. Use cold compress. Of course, consult your doctor. If it's uncontrollable, you'll have to go. If you have to go to the hospital, in a very rare scenario, you have to go. But this is just what my learnings are in the last few days. I hope that you can follow even one of the five things that I've told you for your immunity and boost your immunity. I hope that none of us contract this disease, but I also know that most of us, if we do contract it, are gonna show no symptoms. We're gonna walk out of this stronger. The world is gonna get over this as it's gotten over many things in the past. We will get over this, we will survive. Human beings are survivors. We will survive. So all the best. Stay tuned to the podcast because I know you're sitting at home and a lot of you are getting bored. So there are several podcasts that you can tune into, you can learn from. Uh, I hope Voices in My Head is going to be one of them. Please subscribe to the channel in case you've not already done so. And I'll keep coming back with interesting content. If this has helped, let me know. I'm going to be back soon with another episode. Take care, take care of yourself. And if you have any questions, please feel free to comment or to message me on Instagram, my handle is at Yami Ralhar. Uh, comment on this video if you're watching on YouTube or send me an email at yami at voicesinmyhead.in. I'd be more than happy to respond to each and every one of you. So take care. See you soon. Cheers. Bye. Voices in My Head is created and hosted by Yami Radhar. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. We disclaim responsibility for any adverse effects that may arise from any information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guests' qualifications or credibility. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.